Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show with Zach and Josh. Brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, filling in here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. And it's brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. It is, of course, Combine Week. We'll talk a lot about that as the week goes on. Testing begins on Thursday. Thursday, players arriving for the most part today and tomorrow as they get official measurements in. There's someone that's not arriving. Well, oh, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> I, I I was thinking about. I'm like, I'm like, how much time do I want to spend on a specific player? Essentially, just, I mean, fully skipping the combine. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe jump in on it. Maybe, maybe not. And as we're like a minute away from the show, and I'm like, I, no, I want to talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. Just like actively, like just not. He doesn't have an agent. So he's doing a lot of what Lamar Jackson did and looked at the combine and went, that's stupid. I hate Indianapolis. I'm not going. Right. And, also, and I love it. And also remember, it's not like he's operating just like solely on his own. His dad played in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. He's not flying solo here, like never had any NFL experience, not having anybody help him out here. Like he's got someone that's like, hey, I did all of these things. Here's what you should do, and here's what you don't really have to do. I think a lot of it, though, too, is especially because is, he's that good. Is him, and, and we talked a lot about this on air. Like a big thing for these guys when they go to the combine. Yes, it's the testing. Yes, it's putting up measurements. But a lot of it is just sitting down in these quick meetings with teams mm-hmm. and them getting to know you, you getting to know them, and you put your best foot forward. That's a big part of it. Well, that's the other thing because a lot of teams, well, a lot of players. Mm-hmm can ruin their draft stock if they have a bad interview. Oh, if they're atrocious at interviewing, like, yeah. Or if, well, maybe not ruin their draft stock, but if a, if a team that wants a Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. or uh, Malik Neighbors has an interview with him and, and they're like, oh, well, that went really poorly. Yeah, it was What's just screaming red flags. Yeah. yeah, right. And I don't think, I mean, you never know with players are, all players mm-hmm. are different. Everyone's different. Like, yep. 
first impressions are great and bad at the same time. Because mm-hmm. if you're having a bad day, you might not have a good first impression, and that team's going to be like, well, yeah, not going to draft you, and then that could you know, mess up your trajectory and also their trajectory. But I, I do find it fascinating that, like, he is just, like, deciding to skip it entirely. And I think it—I'm all for it. I kind of like it. I was joking with you. Like, he knows there's, like, three teams that could take him. And he knows how one of them could end up taking him if they don't trade Justin Fields. Right. Chicago then would likely take Marvin Harrison Jr. at number one. If New England gets weird and decides at three they're going to take him because they don't want to take a quarterback, okay. But I already think he's on Zillow looking at apartments in Arizona. Like I just, <laughs> I fully believe he's going to the Arizona Cardinals because that just makes the most sense. And so I think that's for him. Is like the only team I'm going to talk to is like Chicago and Arizona. I'll do it at the pro day. Yeah, it's like I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to the top four guys, four top four teams, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like he's not falling past Arizona. And to be honest. The only thing that we'd really find that we as as you know radio hosts or fans or mm-hmm. whatever you want to say would find out about him being at the combine is hey Chicago didn't interview him what's that all about or yeah. Washington didn't interview him are they going to draft him no they're probably not if they didn't interview him they're probably not going to draft him well yeah because like, you also you get those private workouts as well and I, yeah. I can't remember how many a team gets each year but you know you'll have those and. And all that stuff, and, and like so, that's the like, Buffalo probably won't bring him in for a private workout. So like, we're they not going to waste that on they, a guy that's not going to be there. Uh, how wait? How many? How many times can they do private workouts? Is I it, don't know how many a team gets per year, but like you only come in once, right? Like uh, the player would only come I was in. Just say the only time, the only thing you would probably do is be like, wow, mm-hmm. that, that's what we need. That's that's the kind of guy we need just to have like a baseline, yeah, of like knowledge, or just to be able to be like, hey, I saw Marvin Harrison Jr. At, at a pro day, as just as, hanging out. Like if you're like Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean, you just want to see these guys play. It's like, oh, that's cool. I hope we can get something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Like using him as the baseline of like just like get anyone close to him or yeah. we're golden. Like here's here's the bar and here's the next closest guy. Let's take him. But we'll, we'll we'll do much more combine talk as the show goes on, and and of course do stay tuned to WGR's coverage of the NFL scouting combine all week from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Our own Sacapacho is in route, basically right now to go to Indianapolis to start covering that. And that is brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, fast, sustainable weight loss, then free support for life, awaken180weightloss.com. And by Outlet Liquor, when you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case, what's your outlet? Where we want to start today's show, though, and we kind of hinted at it last night, is the Buffalo Sabres. They win three games in a row, the first time all year. It's mid to late February, which I will ignore that for right now, but okay, but you know what? They're grinding out wins, and they got a win over a Carolina team that has routinely owned you. And a win over the refs. Yeah, and that mm, I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I was very that, surprised. I was livid seeing those penalty calls. Last that was night. more my thing. I was very surprised, Josh, in just how emotional I was invested into the game. Like I'm not like screaming or anything like that, but like emotionally, I was completely invested in the oh, game. I, I was screaming. Like, Owen Power <laughs> scored to tie the game up at 2-2, and I, like, audibly, like, fist-bombed, and I, like, I was like, yes! Like, I like, the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm paying attention. Like, oh, it, yeah. it, it didn't yeah. hit me until he scored. Then I'm like, I'm like, he did it on his return. Let's go. This is awesome. Right. Well, you know what it was? Was they, the whole night, they, they went down one nothing. three minutes into the game. It was like, oh, great. Here we mm-hmm. go again. Oh, yes. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> it, it was the most Sabres start ever. <laughs> And, and and surprise, surprise, part of the reason why they got scored on was Eric Johnson. Look at that. Same thing over again. Same thing, different night. Time's a flat circle. And then, 
you know, the rest of the first period goes by. Nothing really happens. There's some physicality. Dylan Cousins lays out Michael Bunting again. Doesn't matter what team Michael Bunting is on. Cousins will hit him into the ground for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I love that about him. Yeah. It's great. Um, and then Skinner ties it. It's like, oh, that's fun. Skinner gets a goal against his former team. Tie game. Let's see what happens here. We're going into the third period. Let's, let's just see what happens. And, oh, Carolina takes the lead. Oh, look at that. They get two really easy penalties because... Like I said, it looked like the refs wanted the Sabres to lose. Darlene somehow gets a interference penalty mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. I don't even know, I think it was Martinook, runs into Darlene, knocks Darlene into the net, which takes the net off, and then Martinook falls on Lukanen's leg, and I was so scared. I thought Lukanen, like, I thought that was going to be an injury for sure. It did not I was look I good. was worried about the UPL thing because obviously like you're just kind of watching you see him kind of fall down and then everyone's booing. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. Did I miss something? Oh no. Yeah. And then you see the way Lukanen's leg goes to the yeah. ice and it's like, mm-hmm. Ugh. like he can move his legs, but like it did not look very natural. Um, but that was the first thing for me. Where it was like, what is happening here? Like, how is that a penalty? Yeah. And then later on, you get another Darlene penalty where he gets it happens again. Where he gets pushed into Carolina's goaltender Spencer Martin, and then he gets called for goaltender interference. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are we doing here? The same thing just happened on the other end of the ice, and you called it against Darlene, and now the same thing just happens here, and you call it against him again. Yeah, and, and that was just in regulation. And then Sabers kill off both penalties. Awesome, great job. Actually, I think they got scored on on second one. I think they did. Get one of them up. was one of them. Yeah, in yeah, it, but it, yeah. Regardless, they did great. They were doing fine. Get scored on, and then it wasn't like, oh, there it is. We lost. It was, hey, we can still win this. We've been playing hard all night. Peyton Krebs, who's looked fantastic with Zach Benson and Casey Middlestaff. I've really enjoyed Krebs that. Looks like a completely different player. Yeah, I've re- like, and, and I think that was where like Owen Power scoring was awesome because I'm like, it's on his return. Mm-hmm. He's had a very up and down year, and that's right. putting it kindly. So for him to get the game time yeah. goal, awesome. What I was more happy for, and we'll talk about another player that I just I, I want to see get on the score sheet just to kind of like almost prove that he is playing well. Mm. But Peyton Krebs to like get that reward, he's been yeah. so good. I I want to say even the last like five or six games of just like we were joking last week about like Peyton Krebs is your best offensive forward. What's happening here? This is not great. But he's and in reality, fantastic. he's looked really really good. Yeah. He looks comfortable. I heard Paul Hamilton talking today with Joe. Before we came on around nine o'clock in the morning, where like that was apparently Granado's plan the entire time was like get a foundation for him, and like they never thought he was you know a quote unquote because I know the Sabers don't have lines so quote unquote fourth line guy he was never that, but it is nice to see because that was my fear is just that like what was the point of getting Krebs because that's what we were talking about what was the point of getting him if the whole idea was to put this scrappy really it seems a good playmaker and stick him on the fourth line with Gergensen's and Aposo and basically go okay um. I don't, I don't know. Go to the Shadow Realm, I guess. I don't know. Like, that's where you're going. <laughs> well, I mean, Joe and Nate were talking about it this morning, and it's like he had that scrappy mentality, and he kind of further embraced that when he was put into that situation of playing with like Poso and Gergensen's and Joe. It's, so, it's and, something I loved last year. And Robinson. And, and like, that's fine. That's good that you kind of adapted to your role. But now that he's back with an offensive line, with Middlestat and with Benson, it's, hey, this kid can actually still play offense. He he wasn't just put on that line because he had no offense. Mm-hmm. He had offense there all along. He was just with the wrong set of guys in the wrong role. And it's not that it was wrong because like I said, he he adapted to that role and he played well he, he in that. He flourished in that role for a, for a good bit right. of time. But but what 
the fun part is is that he showed that he can still be that guy of like, hey, I was a high-octane offensive mm-hmm. prospect, and I can still be that, and I can still show that I have that ability, which is what he's shown the past two weeks here, that he's been with Middlestat and Benson, and it was like sometimes it was Paterka and Benson too, which I liked even more. And last night, like I said, he showed it on the game-time goal, goes in behind the net, uses his you know physicality to get the puck back off mm-hmm. of a rebound. Mm-hmm. Waits it out, finds power. Power waits it out as well. The Sabres kind of figured out by the end of the game, and especially in the shootout, Spencer Martin's blocker side stinks. And, you know, they exploited that. And, you know, Power scores that goal. I'll let you know right now. My reaction to that was just... I I wasn't at the game. I was at home. And I was playing some board games with friends. And I jumped up out of my chair mid-round of my turn. Yeah, in a board game, that, and just that screamed was, like I was like, "Oh my god, they did it!" That, like, that was the goal that made me realize I'm like, "Oh, I'm invested." Tonight. Yeah, I didn't realize because like because when when Carolina did score on the power play, to me that just felt like so typical Sabers. Yep, they're playing Carolina well, very even game. I think ultimately uh, UPL and, and their goaltender Martin like they had the same amount of saves the whole thing. Yeah, it was 32 shots each. Yeah, like it was a, such an even game. Love the way the Sabers were playing, and of course you can't get this to overtime. Well, because but, that's where the teams like you know Tampa and Carolina and the Islanders like that's why they always seem to just be ahead of you. Mm-hmm. It's because they are just they they are dra- Toronto dragging games to overtime. Right, and then a minute and a half, two minutes later, power scores, and I'm like. Wait a second. I'm back. Right. The Come re- all the way. I mean, the reason I was so into it was because of the fact of those missed calls and those bad calls. And it was calls, just so too. frustrating. Where, yeah, because it was like, you know, like I'm not – like I don't want, I don't like to be the one that, like, oh, it's the ref's fault. Because, like, your team is playing the game. They should mm-hmm, be able mm-hmm. to overcome that. But that game specifically, had the Sabres lost – there would have been a lot of question marks around those penalty calls. At oh, the end, of course. The end of the of game. course. And then even in overtime when – Ukepeka makes a great save on Aho, mm-hmm. goes to play the puck, and then Aho basically slew foots Lukanen as he's going around behind the net trying to get the puck back, and there's no call whatsoever. Yeah, nothing. And it's just like what, like what was that? Mm-hmm. That's awful. And and it, it, it's it would have gone the same way yes. if if it's Carolina. Uh, yeah, you know I, I, I mean? agree. I like agree. If, like if if we were at Carolina Station and that happened to the Hurricanes against the Sabers and they lost. Then it would have been like, oh, well, where where were the calls? Mm-hmm. What what happened there? You know, like it, it's just it's the double standard that's just not there. Yeah. Of I don't want to see makeup calls, but at the same time, I don't want to see bad calls. Mm-hmm. But like that's the thing: you see a bad call, you kind of hope a makeup call right. is coming. Exactly. If you, if you're on the end of it, but overall, they're on a three game win streak. They've got two road games at least this week that I know of. With is it Florida then Tampa or Tampa then Florida? Florida then Tampa. Florida, Florida then Tampa. Florida and Tampa, tomorrow. Tampa's the game that matters more because Florida's. I mean, Florida, you should win or, or not should win. You want to win. Yep. But Florida's at the top of the conference. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're not within reach like they were last year. Yep. They are leaps and bounds ahead of you. But Tampa is the team that you can go and catch. We also got Vegas on Saturday. Yeah, so, but so, <laughs> so ultimately, so the next three games, you got two on the road, and then you get Vegas at home on Saturday. Which that your crowd will get up for that game. I would imagine your crowd gets up for that game. But like, and I tweeted this out last night, like not to kill the vibe, but like those are two tough games coming up. Mm-hmm. And my thing is now is, I go, I, I almost guess like as a fan too, it's like, how much do I really want them to go on this win streak? Of course, I want them to go win. I'm I, I'm done with the tanking. I think they have a good roster. I don't really I don't care for prospects anymore. We've all heard how I talk about them. I basically want them traded for current guys. 
outside of like three. But even then, a part of me is sitting here going, can I really take another year where it was a poor start and really a poor middle as well that kept them out of the playoffs, but they have this late flourish where they do go and beat Florida, Tampa, Vegas. Let's say they do that. Let's say they go on now a six-game win streak and they're somewhat you know, picking and prodding away at the lead, but it's still far away because you know Detroit refuses to lose and Tampa is merchants when it comes to you know, getting to overtime. You do also have five games with Detroit and Tampa. I think you have two at Tampa, three with Detroit yes. left this year. But that's if you beat Detroit three times in regulation, right now you'd only half the points that you're behind mm-hmm. them. You would get six points, you're behind them by 12. Mm-hmm. You, like It's out of your hands at that point. You need to beat Detroit and then hope that they fall off, mm-hmm. which is the tricky part. That's where the Sabres were last year. But... Detroit doesn't have an easy schedule remaining either. They also have Vegas in there. They have Colorado. They have Carolina. They have Pittsburgh, who has had their moments this year. They have the Rangers. Like, there's games in there where Detroit can lose. And it also kind of looks like they're teetering. Like, sure, they're on a five-game win streak right now. Three of those wins are in overtime. Yeah. And, I mean, like, look, like, Sabres fans are not new to the whole overtime merchants and it kind of bites you in the butt right when you know every analytic tells you you're actually not as good as you are yeah but i mean like that's the thing though that's that's all these top teams they just know how to drag games to get a point yep and that's where my frustration has been with the sabers because it was the same thing last year look at that eight game losing streak if Mm -hmm. you just drag two maybe three of those games to overtime even just one then you're tied with Florida, and then it goes to a tiebreaker. I don't know what the tiebreaker would have been. But well, that's but, why I said like two, three games in there. Right, you right. drag them in overtime, get a point. You maybe even get two because you, you you win in overtime or you win in a shootout like last night. Yep. It's a different season, but they are just – I mean, they only have four overtime losses this year. Right. None of their games go that's, to overtime, that's it seems four, like. And the way I look at it always is overtime points are free points. If you, yeah. if you can't take a free point in a professional sporting event, that's not – Good. Like, I'm not saying I want them to go and lose in overtime. No, no. But, but that's but that's the bare minimum when you get you, overtime. You're at least getting a point. This might sound really stupid, but if you lose every single game in overtime or a shootout, you have an 82 point season. And you're in this scenario. I mean, this year's projected wild card race is around 92, 94 points. Mm-hmm. You'd be 10 points out of a playoff spot if you lost every single literally game every game, in but, overtime, but you dragged it to overtime. Which, that also brings up the the argument of why do we get points if we lose in overtime? That mm-hmm. that that's where I go to with that. But my my main overall point there is is you you should be taking total advantage of that. Yep. That should not be something that it's like oh well we lost in overtime. No, that's a good thing sometimes. Like it's not always bad. Mm-hmm. Time now to get connected to our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Let's go now to Bill on the line. Bill, good morning. How are we doing today? Good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. About a week ago, I was watching the, Chicago, uh, the Boston Kings, and they were tied in overtime. The Kings tied it up late. They went to overtime. Boston drew a penalty, so now they're three-on-three three in overtime. And there's about a minute left in in the in the penalty, and I'm and they got the face off in the in the zone, and I'm thinking, why don't you pull the goalie go five on three? And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you're going to get your point anyway. Go for the win. Turns out they ended up losing right at the end of regulation. But the point was, 
I was talking to a few buddies, and I, I said it, and one of the guys said to me, well, don't you know that you can't do that? It's risky. And I said, why? He said, well, if you pull your goalie in overtime and the other team scores on you, you don't even get one point. You get no points. Did you know that? So wait, like, so they're in overtime. Yep. Say Buffalo's coming down. They go, guys, guys, don't buy us anything. We have to win in overtime. If you pull the goalie and the and the other team, the other team scores into your empty net, you don't get a point. I, and I found that ridiculous because that's. I mean, it would be very exciting if a team knew going into the game, guys, we get to overtime. We're on the goalie. We can't settle for one. We're going for two. Or wait for the shootout if you think your odds mm-hmm. are really good to shoot. But it's a rule that I just didn't know, and I, I thought I knew a lot about hockey, but obviously I don't. And I thought, why would they do that? Why would they take some of the fun out of pulling the goalie mm-hmm. and trying to win it outright? Yeah, to have a strategy there. Bill, thanks for the call. No, Bill, Josh, you, you had a, a surprised look on your face. Yeah, Did no, you find something there? Bill, you're absolutely correct, or your friend's correct. If I'm not sure how this came up, but hey, I just looked it up. ESPN's got an article up there about, you know, overtime rules and things like that. The extra point for overtime was introduced, overtime or shootout, was introduced in 1999, six years before the elimination of the tie. There's one exception to the rule. If a team pulls its goalie for an extra attacker in overtime and loses on an empty net goal, they forfeit the extra point that comes from an overtime loss. I never knew that. That is so dumb. I, I, that is so dumb. Because I'm with Bill. Why are you taking some of the excitement right. out of potential in yeah. overtime? I, I, because but, that's right. If all of a sudden now my opposing team takes a penalty, and what, now I'm going to be four on three? Right, it would be four The on three. absolute strategy should be to pull your goalie to have five skaters yep. and to just dominate possession in their zone. You've got a two-man advantage, and you should go for the win. Right. And not be told, hey, if you do that and they do score, now you lose all the points you did actually gain from dragging this to overtime. Now, that you, is absurd, and I hate hockey. If you want to get real fun with it, I wonder, I wonder what the ramifications, or I wonder what the uh, stipulations are. So let's say let's say the Sabres are on a power play in overtime, right? Mm-hmm. And they pull Lucan in, they put out your fastest skater. Let's say it's J.J. Paterka. You put him out as your extra attacker. And if you're Don Granato, you tell... Paterka, hey, as soon as they touch the puck, if if the if we lose possession, you haul butt back to the bench. And if Lukanen is on the ice, does it count as your goaltender? See, is and, not and, and that's the thing. Like that's where it all of a sudden gets very right. up in the air because you're right. Like, like, does like, your goalie have then... to be in the crease, or does he just have to be on the ice? Because if if I'm a smart NHL coach, in overtime, you're shooting on the end where your bench is. Mm-hmm. So you tell your guy, hey, stand at this point right here, right by the bench. If we lose possession, get back on the bench. Our goalie's back out on the ice. Nothing matters. We still get a point if we lose. That's that's where I'd go with that. That is such an absurd rule. Like I, it, it is now eating away at me where I'm just like, why I want this to would happen. any commissioner, Gary, I get it, mm-hmm. why yeah. would he do that? You took some of the excitement out of overtime right. for what feels like absolutely no reason. Yeah, you could add even more excitement. But at the same time, though, I wonder because I'm I'm sitting here trying to think like, does this take away the competitiveness? You know, like is there is there? It kind of does though. Now, now there's no strategy. No, no, idea no, no. There. In the sense of pulling the goaltender, does mm-hmm. it say, hey, we're like we don't care if we lose, we just we just want to win and maybe get that extra point. And if we lose, oh well, 
Like that could be a team, like I was just saying, where, hey, if you lose all your games in the season in overtime, you get 82 points. That could be a team saying, hey, we just need a point here. Two would be great, but we just need one. So See, why don't we I, pull the goalie? Yeah, no, the, I, it, I it, that. Could, yeah. it could kind of like, like bring out that whole ice tilt sort of thing. I look at it differently. Like for me, it shows the gusto from a team to say, Screw it. Like, we already have a man advantage. Let's have two. Let's go for it. Yeah. Maybe like, we've maybe got a could, chance here. Let's go do it. Maybe you can make a, an addition to the rule of you can only pull your goaltender if you're on the man advantage. Or, like, if you pull your goaltender, this rule is null and void yeah. if there's a man advantage. Because then, I, I mean, just, one, I because, like because then also so think about much. it. Like, it's not only do you get an advantage, your other, the opposing team does too mm-hmm. on, on a power play. Because then they could just shoot at will. It doesn't matter. There's no icing. Yeah. So yeah. there's two advantages there. You could still have the other team be able to win. I just well, and that's and that's how I looked at it too. Like even if there's a two man advantage, there's an empty net there. Right. Just play solid defense, get the puck, fire it down, and just hope. Right. Well, well, that's the thing is like I, I could see it kind of if there's no penalty. Like if there's no power play and you're just like you know what, there's 20 seconds left in overtime. Let's pull our goaltender on an offensive zone draw and let's try to score. And then oh, the other team scores on me. And hey, there goes the extra point that yeah. I can kind of get. But if it's a power play, both teams have an advantage. So I don't know. That's a crazy rule, though. I I I'd hate I, it. <laughs> no, but I, I love, deeply hate I it. I love that we are learning this because I didn't even know that existed. That's how many coaches in the NHL do you think know that off the top of their head? Ooh. Less than fifty percent. Less than fifty yeah, percent know that definitively off the top of their head. And, and, Every and the assistant other... does. At least one assistant <laughs> absolutely knows and, that and, rule. N- n- no way more than 50% of the NHL coaches know that And then the ones that, that don't know it are just like, well, why would I pull my goalie in overtime? Like, there's no point. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. The other 50% are sitting there going, I would literally never do that. Is this? Could you imagine if we ever had a moment like we did in the Super Bowl where Kyle Shanahan goes, yeah, we didn't know about the overtime rules. Or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't know about the changes. Imagine it's the Stanley – no, it wouldn't be the Stanley Cup. Imagine it's like the last day of the season and yeah. a team needs a point to get in the playoffs – but two would get them to a better seating or something. Yeah. And they pull the goalie and they lose. Oh, you mean an actual tight playoff race in the NHL? Right. Who, like a, who, the craziness. Listen, <laughs> listen. The West Coast is fun. That's true. That's but, that's very like, true. I, I don't know. I, I don't know like who this would be. Like pick pick a coach that's just kind of like smart but not smart. Like right now in the West, there's a tight-ish race. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that would really affect this. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at the, the – imagine if that happened. I deeply hate it. we got to take a quick timeout here. We'll take your calls after a quick timeout. 803-0550 is the number if you want to join the show here. Talking a lot of Sabres as well. But also the NFL Combine, which kind of officially starts today. Testing starts later on in the week. Our own Sacapaccio is going to be in Indianapolis covering that all week. So do stay tuned for all kinds of coverage of that. But, again, taking your calls, 803 550 when we come back, you're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show right here on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Paterka couldn't handle the pass, but Benson will take the puck. His shot off a stick. Here's Krebs behind the goal. Peyton Krebs, he's gonna walk out. Peyton Krebs, power score! There's no power outage in Buffalo now. This place is juiced. It's 2-2. Dan Dunleavy there on the call as Peyton Krebs set up Owen Power for the game's tying goal. The goal that ultimately got the game into overtime and eventually a shootout where Casey Middlestat, the only player to score in the entire shootout, wins it for the Sabres. They win three in a row. They take down the Carolina Hurricanes, a team they infamously Really have a tough time playing. Sebastian Ajo, one shot the entire game, no points. Very much handled him incredibly well. He also missed the net in overtime. Or in, uh, he did. He did not score in the shootout. The shootout. I don't know if he missed the net. I think he hit the post, but still. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, score. you know, you did also, really well on him. Lukanen has figured out the shootout. He's been. Which is great. He is easily the biggest bright spot. And, and Casey Middlestat, shootout king. I, I. That's the thing is when he went up, I'm like, well, Casey's going to score. Right. Like, well, that was my also, exact thought. It's also funny because all game, everyone knew, don't shoot glove side on Spencer Martin. He's good on his glove side. Shoot blocker side. That's where he's bad. That's where we scored two goals. Skinner scores goal on the rebound off of his blocker. Yep. Power scores on his blocker side. Middlestat scores the game-winning goal on his blocker side. It's Take advantage. Pay attention. Student of the game right there. Love it. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Danny on the line. Danny, good morning. How we doing? I'm doing good. How you guys? Doing very well. Doing good. Awesome. Happy Monday. Um, so I actually had a little bit more time to form my idea while I was driving. Don't worry, have free. And um, <laughs> under the current situation, it actually reminds me a lot of the extra point in football. So, like, let's say there's a minute left in the game. Team's down by two. They can kick a field goal, you know, and get the three points, force the team to drive down, get a field goal. Or they can go for the two points put the entire game on the line, but they're worried, you know, that they're going to lose in overtime. KC gets the ball, goes down the field, scores, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then on, on top of it, think about like a shootout um, a few seasons ago. I think it was uh, Robin Regan was, uh, was uh, like beatable 100% on the shootout. So every time we went to the shootout, we knew it was a virtual guaranteed loss. So in those situations, we get a five-on-three, you know, uh, and we do put the point in jeopardy. I think that that's in our favor. And uh, just to avoid going to the shootout, which is almost a guaranteed loss. Now, that's not a this-year problem, 
but I can see how that comes into effect down the road. Absolutely, Danny. Thanks for the call. I like. I think that's my thing. Is like, I, I just, I, Josh. I don't know about you. I don't like the shootout in hockey. I love. I, don't either. I love penalties in soccer because that's probably the closest comparison. And penal- love penalties in soccer, penalty shootouts, penalty penalty shots yes. in hockey are the same thing. Those are fun. Those are fun because it's like, hey, that never really happens. Yeah. Like, let's see what let's see what happens here. But I hate the shootout and and like you just brought up like. Uko Pekalukunen was atrocious in the shootout yeah. for every, his entire career up until last Sabres night. Every goaltender since Ryan Miller has been atrocious in the shootout. So, yeah, like, Danny's right. Like, there are going to be some teams that will be like, we need to avoid the shootout at all costs. We will lose. Right. So let's just try to go win it now. Because right. we're, we're, we're ultimately going to just only have one point. And that's my issue with the rule that if you bowl your goalie, where all of a sudden now you're punishing teams for not going to said shootout. And we had a call he, he uh, dropped off, but I loved his point of, that's where the NHL wants you to go, and right. I fully agree. Well, they think the shootout is like the excitement, like everyone's going to get jazzed up because they, they watch Twitter. Like they have people that are, are watching other sports, going like, "Man, did you see during the World Cup? Like everyone was losing their minds during well, the penalty, penalty shootout." Sh- penalty shootouts in soccer are so much different mm-hmm. because they're you, almost guaranteed an automatic goal, and not, not, not guaranteed, not but even, like scoring is easier on penalties. Not even that. Well, I guess it's. That because when you do miss, it's this monumental. Oh my God, that never happens. Or this it's goal, a huge moment. It's or a goalie huge makes moment. a save. Like like think of the last World Cup, France and Argentina. Yep. That I was glued to my television. It, it was I couldn't look away. It was because every kick mattered. I think I think, in, I, but I think the, Evan's spot on on that point though. It's like in hockey, the saves are almost expected. The net is so small. The goalie pads right. are so big. I mean, there was four rounds yesterday. Yeah. We had eight players shoot. One scored. Right. But then you look at earlier in the year, maybe it was this year. If, if not, it was last year. The Sabres played the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Evgeny Kuznetsov does the same exact thing every single time, and no one can stop the him. The slow crawl he skates up, to, up to the net. at like mm-hmm. less than a mile per hour from center ice dot to the right side circle, in, skates up at the goalie, stick handling the whole way really fast, and then all of a sudden just, oh, he's going to shoot blocker side. You know where he's going to go. You know what he's going to do. You know what he does, though, that make him frustrates make it... me that no one else does? What's that? Shoot the puck. Stop oh, trying yeah. to deke them out of the Power, net. Power did way too much on his attempt last night. I got real nervous when he missed there. I was Like, just nervous. shoot the puck. Yeah. It, it, it kills me where I'm like, it's a skills competition. And that's why I think a lot of these players get themselves just absolutely lost in the sauce of like, I'm going to just deke him and he's going to go flying to the left. The only people And that, it's like, no, just sh- do what Casey did. The only people that are allowed to do that are Pavel Datsuk and Alesh Kotalik. Because those two were kings at it. Yeah, fine. That's fine. Pavel Datsuk was the, just, he, he invented a move that got named after him where he put, takes the puck to one side and then one hand tucks it and he was so good at it. Alesh Kotalik basically did the same thing, but mm-hmm. it looked cooler. Yep. No, nah, actually, no, it didn't. It didn't look cool. Datsuk did it really good. <laughs> Kotalik, though, I just, he was, I knew when the Sabres went to a shootout when I was a kid that if Kotalik was playing, the Sabres are going to win the shootout, no problem. Because he was just the man. Got to love the confidence. He, and, but, but, and, he, and he wasn't really great anywhere else. And that's the thing, too. Like, shootout goals in the NHL should count as goals. They don't. Like, if, like middle stats goal. The game, game kind of just ends like 3 2, and you're like, Ignore how that third goal happened, essentially. Right, like yeah. it Middle will end stats, up in no stat sheet outside of your your shootout stats. Right, exactly. Middle stats goal does not count to his final goal total. Every other league in the world, it counts, which yeah. is just yeah. I don't know. It's a little frustrating to me. A little frustrating. 
Uh, we were also looking for your calls, 803-0550, to talk more on the Sabres. Of course, they did win last night. They're on a three-game win streak. We're pretty close here to March, and that means we're very close to the NHL trade deadline to March 8th. Meaningful games in March? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. They've got a big road trip here coming up in Florida with Florida tomorrow and then Tampa Bay on Thursday, and then they come home and they play Vegas on Saturday. A big run here. Want to hear your thoughts. What do you want to see from the Sabres the rest of the way here? Do you, I, I'm okay to hear people say they want to see them lose the rest of the way so the coaches get fired. I just want to know what people's thoughts are. You're a what now? If if that's if that's what people want to happen, fine. I just I want to know where Sabres fans' heads are at okay, with the three-game okay, win streak. I thought you were like no, oh, going for it. No, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but for me, it's like like I realized it last night when Owen Powers goal went in. I was back in. Am I fully back into? I think this team's going to make the playoffs. Absolutely not. But emotionally, I was there, and for a long two-month run, I was pretty apathetic to the franchise. So, like, it kind of shows maybe I'm, you know, easily tempted back into into sports, which, looking at my career choices, kind of makes sense. I get it. But I kind of want to know where people are at, or, or at least how they're feeling with this season as a whole, even if they go on this long run. Because I think that's a thing for me as well of, like, if you do go on this big win streak and miss the playoffs by two points— Last year, I was excited. I was jazzed up at the, at the like now, like let's get to next season. They were right there. But if they missed by the same amount after such a poor start, after such a poor middle, I don't know if I'm happy at all. I think I'm just mad at that point. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Elliot here on the line. Elliot, how are we doing this morning? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Doing well. Doing well. So I just wanted to talk about my frustration with the team and it starts kind of with how the coaches not Donnie because I want to make it clear I think Donnie Granado is a great hockey mind I feel like the assistant coaches and ownership is more so the issue I don't understand why at the end of last season how we were performing against teams like Florida who went on to the Stanley Cup I remember games I think it was 3-2 where we looked almost as good of a team as they did at that point in the season. And they were playing amazing hockey to where we start off the year and the first 40 games are just a complete mess. And we're shifting lines and we're playing players all over the place. I feel like the, the ownership and the coaches don't hold these players to like an adult standard. They're, they're still thinking they're kids or something. I don't know. And I just feel like Kevin Adams needs to identify this team's identity more and go and get players that fit it more. People talk about a guy like Zemgus Gergensons and say they want him off the team, they want him gone. We need three more Zemgus Gergensons so when we're in the playoffs, we can grind it out and get past the first round. With this team and how weak it is, even if we make it the playoffs this year, we're going to get grinded out along the boards come playoff hockey, and we're not going to be able to do anything. I, yeah, Elliot, thanks for the call, man. I can... I can kind of agree with that point, too. Watching the playoffs last year after the Sabres missed, I know a lot of people, I mean, we, we and you have talked about it, we're like, you know, what would they have done if they went up against Boston? Number one, they were an injured team, so I didn't think much right. anyways. But watching even the year prior when, you know, Tage had, had ascended, they were a young teams, so like, there was still some hope there. I was just staring at the screen. Maybe it was, it was the Carolina series. Maybe Carolina and Boston from two years prior, I think it was. So this is the 21 playoffs? 21-22, yeah. And I'm just watching it, and I'm like, oh, we get run out of the building. 
<laughs> uh, like, yeah. and like, and I just, like, the, the speed of the game and just how many chances were coming, and just and, and yeah, like how physical teams were, and and I don't love when games are called differently because it's the playoff compared to the regular season. I, I hate that. I want them called the exact same because it makes no sense to me. But then even last year, I kind of had the same thought watching Boston and Florida, and I'm just like, I I, I don't want to say tougher, but it just felt like. Florida could take more punishment and dish it out and keep playing their game. Like that's right. how it yep. fits to me. Florida is a high flying, fast scoring team. They're able to take, and this is last year in the playoffs. I'm not saying you know this year like that they're the same team, mm-hmm. but at least last year in the playoffs they were able to take more punishment and keep going, keep playing their game. Right. Where we've seen a number of times with this Sabres team when they are grinded to a halt. They just throw their hands up in the air and don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. And you were right; it was Carolina, Boston. Okay, and then to Elliot's other point too, and and this is my biggest fear. I would actually say with the coaching staff, not the general managers. I do think this coaching staff, and and yeah, the assistants would go in there, but I think Granado as well does give this team too many outs. That where when they play poorly, it was a nice message early of just make mistakes, like just learn how to play professional hockey, like just go out there and play. It's a nice message at the start, and it's probably the correct one. Year two, three, four, it is now the wrong one, and it right. does feel like that is still the same message. And and the thing is, at this point, the thing is too is you, there's a way to send that type of message to your JJ Paterkas, your Zach Benson's, your Ryan Johnson, Jack Quinn, you know, Jack whoever. Quinn. Those guys, you can say, hey, you're still coming into this league, you're still learning how to be a professional hockey mm-hmm. player, but when you're sitting there saying that to Tage Thompson. Rasmus Dahlin, Alex Tuck, Dylan and Jeff Cousins. Skinner. Cousins has got to be on that list now, yeah. too. And yes, they are young, but this is Cousins' third year in the NHL. Yeah. Like, I get it. He came in at 18. That's a hard thing to do for most players, unless they're Connor McDavid. But now he's been a professional hockey player for a number of years here. Right. And and it, it kind of starts with your foundation, like, depending on how you came in into the league or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at if you look at Cousins, he came into the league during the Kruger era. Same with Thompson, kind of, but Thompson was up and down through Rochester, so that was mm-hmm. a little different. Mm-hmm. But you look at when these guys came in, and then you look at Benson coming in here, and it's the start of the middle start, whatever, of the Granado yeah. era. So it's two different platforms, two different foundations, two different teams, and two different styles of coaching. Yes. With Kruger, it was, well, I don't even know what it was. No, no one really knows what Kruger's style of coaching was. It was just kind of a mishmash of whatever could work, and didn't work. So that's where you can look at, you know, Cousins doesn't have a great foundation. Cousins doesn't have whatever, you know, great expectation coming into this league of like, hey, this is how I started out. This was my rookie year. But then it's, okay, the past is the past. You have a coach that looks like he, like you said, is a good hockey mind. Mm -hmm. Just, I know it's hard, but throw all that other stuff away. That season's done. That's in the past. Yeah, it sucked, but it's gone. Forget about it. Go play your game of hockey, especially I, I, with, especially I, with Dylan Cousins. He's and, a physical he's a physical shooter. Yeah, like that's great to have. He, power forwards are a dying thing in the NHL, and Cousins and is one of them. Cousins or is has the them. ability to be one of them. Right, exactly. He's not there yet, but he can be. And that's the frustrating part with him is if he had a better foundation, if he was coming in this season, I think he'd be a completely different player. It's just it's frustrating because you you can see where it's just like the message needed to change. Where it was now, like, and I think that's why they've handled the pressure poorly is because they've been told everything will be fine. No one's going to lose their jobs. No one's going to get traded. Everyone's going to stay here. We're all going to sing Kumbaya. 
And and I think that has really hampered the development of this team. And now you're seeing it be different because the fans have shown how disappointed they are and how pissed they are. You know, with the fire Donnie chance from earlier in the month or, or earlier in the season and all that, that it has now kind of showed them, cool, we just won't show up. We won't care. So great that you'll all be here and have seven-year contracts or whatever. We just won't be here. And you guys will all not be making the playoffs regularly, and it's just going to be a disappointing team. Like, good for you. Round of applause for everybody. I just I, I worry now that this three-game win streak is too late, too little too late. And even if they go on, let's, let's say they beat Florida and Tampa, and it's five-game win streak going into Saturday at home against Las Vegas. It'll still feel like you went on a run too late. Your season started so poorly because of mismanagement, because of a coach who decided you're going to lean in defensively and kill your offensive game to the point now where Tage Thompson looks healthy. He looks back, and he can't score. You know, Dylan Cousins is snake-bitten again. And it's, it's, it's just it's so, so frustrating. Got to take a quick time out here. Still looking for your calls, 803-0550 if you want to join the show. We do have a bit of an update on the Marvin Harrison Jr. situation in Indianapolis. We'll touch on that when we come back after a quick timeout. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in here today, and you're listening to WGR. Happy Monday, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt hanging out with you here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. And it's brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at northtownauto.com. And some news from Indianapolis. It was somewhat reported today that Marvin Harrison, it was this morning, that Marvin Harrison Jr. was not going to, well, he wasn't testing in Indianapolis, which, not too stunned by that. But then there was kind of this feeling that he was, like, just not being in Indianapolis at all. That is now taken back. Albert Breer is, I guess, walking it back a little bit. Because he just tweeted out about a piece that he, I, I, I don't know what happened, but he really botched this pretty badly. Marvin <laughs> Harrison is in Indianapolis. He is meeting with teams. He's not testing. I'm just, I'm going to read his initial tweet. Like, this is what bothers me. Ohio State Supernova Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't just skipping drills in Indianapolis. He's not at a combine training facility at all. Instead, staying at OSU and building towards his rookie season. I now know what he means by that. He's not training for the combine. Right. He's training... But, At Ohio State, just in the off season. But like, dude, you can't put it like that, right? Because everyone else will run with that and say, "So he's not testing at the combine, and he's not at the combine." That's what everyone hears with that. Instead, right. now he's kind of walked it back because he's now mad people didn't just click on the article. Which, like, dude, well, yeah, like, welcome to the modern day. It's the headline. He's at he's at Indianapolis. He is not testing, but he is going to interview with teams and eventually be taken by the Arizona Cardinals at number four overall. We can just put that in ink, I feel like, at this point. Also, some other news from this morning, or really it was last night. We all woke up to it this morning. Peter King is retiring after 44 years of covering the NFL. Truly one of the GOATs of just really NFL talk, NFL written you know, columns and, and such. King has been one of the staples of my life my entire life at this point and it's going to it's going to be sad to see him go it's going to be very weird to not read his monday morning columns because they've just always been there mm-hmm. like you just know they're coming yeah was this was this like planned or did he just kind of do this out of nowhere i, I everyone I, seemed pretty like whoa 
a little bit surprised, but I, I read a little bit of it, and he mentioned that he really started thinking about it when he asked last year Andy Reid if he was thinking about retiring, and Andy mm-hmm. kind of jokingly was like, are you? <laughs> and Peter was like, I didn't you know say anything, but like in my head I was like, yeah, I kind of have thought about it. <laughs> and so, you know, good for him, 44 years, absolutely phenomenal run, and he will be dearly missed. But, man, in this offseason, in terms of football, we have lost some of like the main characters for a lot of years for a lot of us. Bill Belichick will not be coaching in the NFL this year. Whether you like him or hate him, he's been a staple. Nick Saban, kind of the same thing, staple in college football, and unlike Bill Belichick was still incredibly dominant in the sport. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll gone as well. He's been somebody that I, if you watch college or NFL football, and if you watch both, Carroll's been a huge part of that. And then, of course, Peter King, and I'm probably missing someone else as well. We are going to take a quick time out here looking for your calls as well. 803-0550. You want to talk combine. You want to talk the Sabres, who are now on a three-game win streak for the first time all year. Absolutely unbelievable, but they do have a really tough road trip coming up starting tomorrow in Florida. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the rest of the season, especially with the trade deadline coming up in the beginning of March with March 8th. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See mobilecom We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.